and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. Today brings us to the final six verses of Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Here, in these verses, Luke gives us the record of the believers sharing their possessions. Dr. Luke also introduces us to Barnabas, and we will hear more of him later on in this book. Here now are verses 32 through 37, and Luke writes as follows. All the believers were of one heart and mind, and no one felt that what he owned was his own. Everyone was sharing. And the apostles preached powerful sermons about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And there was warm fellowship among all the believers, and no poverty for all who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money to the apostles to give to others in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas the preacher. He was of the tribe of Levi from the island of Cyprus. He was one of those who sold a field that he owned and brought the money to the apostles for distribution to those in need. Oh, the land. 
Luke tells us in verse 33 that with great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. As significant as the death of Christ was, the most compelling event was his resurrection, an event about which the disciples could not keep silent. Now here to bring us our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. A verbal witness to the gospel or a non-verbal witness to the gospel? Which is primary? Let me put it another way. Which is more important, speaking the gospel or doing it? Proclaiming or social action? There has been a great deal of debate in recent years over this issue. There is no question the Bible emphasizes both. I remember a saying I came across when I was a boy. It said, A man of words and not of deeds is like a garden full of weeds. Words alone mean very little, and deeds alone mean very little. James is quite clear on that score. Here in Acts chapter 4, 32 to 37, Luke focuses on the social action of the early believers. But immediately after his opening statement, Luke inserts a notice that proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ is primary. He wanted the Christians not to be sidetracked from this primary issue, that of proclaiming the gospel. Here is how Luke put it. All the believers were in one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was with them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Luke wants to talk about social responsibilities, but he will not let the early Christians focus on that alone. Primary is the articulation of the gospel, the gospel must be put into words. Deeds are not enough. People need to hear, not just see. The gospel must be spoken, not just demonstrated. It is, of course, imperative that the two go together. Being filled with the Holy Spirit to these early Christians meant to witness to the resurrection of Jesus in words first, but it also meant to generously share with Christians who were in need. They demonstrated to the world that this community of Christians loved each other with the love of Christ. They had prayed for boldness to share the gospel outside the community. Now they prayed for love to share their goods within the community. This little group was united spiritually. They were of one mind and heart, but they were also united materially. They sold their goods voluntarily, and the money was distributed according to need. Luke focuses on that second point, the social responsibilities within the community in these verses. Luke had already written about materially helping each other before. So why does he introduce it here again? Evidently, he has two reasons. Number one, he wants to introduce a man named Barnabas because he is to play a big role in this book and in the formation and growth of the early church. 
Luke often does this. He will introduce a person almost incidentally, then give that person a major role later. Luke mentions Barnabas about two dozen times in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Here the readers meet Barnabas almost incidentally. His second reason for introducing the matter of sharing is to prepare the readers for the next chapter, which tells the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They claimed to share all their possessions, but didn't. The generosity of Barnabas is quite different from that of husband and wife team Ananias and Sapphira. Now, coming to Barnabas, here is how Luke introduces him. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. The original name of this man was Joseph. However, the name given him by the apostles completely supersedes his original one. The word Barnabas probably is made up of two Aramaic words meaning son of prophecy. That would mark him off as a teacher or an exhorter. But evidently he was a gifted encourager. So Luke here emphasizes that side of Barnabas' character. He was of the tribe of Levi, a cousin to John Mark. His birthplace was the island of Cyprus. He proved himself later to be an encourager when he befriended Saul of Tarsus after Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus. This man Barnabas sold a field he owned and brought the money to the disciples for them to distribute as the needs arose. That there were needs is evident from the fact that the economic situation in Palestine was gradually deteriorating due to a famine and to the political unrest. Furthermore, the Christians were faced with social sanctions because of their faith in Jesus. Caring for the physical needs of their brothers and sisters was urgent. So Barnabas sold his property and donated the proceeds to the community. Now this presents a problem. Barnabas was a Levite, and Levites were not to own property in Israel according to the law. It may be that his property was in Cyprus. Or it may be that his wife owned land in Israel and they sold it together. Or it may be that that law was not being practiced anymore. Even by the time of Jeremiah, that law was not strictly maintained anymore. At any rate, Barnabas was a generous man, eager to help this new group of believers. This is a good introduction for this man who later became one of the leading figures in bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. Not only was he well-suited in character for this role, but in birth as well. Since he was born in Cyprus, he, like Paul, was a Hellenistic Jew. No doubt that stood him in good stead in his leading role as a missionary with Paul to the Gentile world. So we'll hear much more before we finish this book about this man who was filled with the Holy Spirit and became known as an encourager.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.